Today's message was recorded for Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. I'd like to welcome you once again to Central Park Neighborhood Church. This is our Wednesday evening service time of instruction in the Word of God. We have been looking at the subject of the anointing, the anointing. It's a subject that's vital for the Christian, the Christian experience, and for our individual ministry, amen, that the Spirit of God has us do. And we're looking at Exodus chapter 30, verses 22 through 25. This is the Lord speaking to Moses, and he gives him the formula, the compound of spices and oil that make up the holy anointing oil. And in verse 22, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Take the following fine spices. He calls them fine spices. 250 shekels of liquid myrrh. Half as much of that is 250 shekels of fragrant cinnamon. And then he says 250 shekels of fragrant cane. Verse 24, 500 shekels of cassia, all according to the sanctuary shekel, and a hen of olive oil. And then he says this, And make these into a sacred anointing oil, a fragrant blend, the work of, the, of a perfumer. It will be the sacred anointing oil. So here God gives the formula to make up uh, the compound of spices and oil for the anointing oil. And as we continue on, we'll see the different uses that the anointing was used for and find out the purpose for it, not only in Moses' day and for all that he did and with the priests and the tabernacle, but as we come into the New Testament, we'll find out the purposes for the anointing for the individual believer. So we've looked and we've started with these, this subject and we have defined the anointing oil and we'll just take just a few moments here just to refresh ourselves in the defining of the anointing oil. It's a consecratory gift. It means to declare or set apart as sacred. So when you they were anointed in the Old Testament, it says they were declared or set apart as sacred, just as we are today. It means to dedicate solemnly to a service or a goal. When you're anointed, God has a definite goal in mind. God has a definite service that he wants you to perform. And that's the reason he anoints you. It means dedicated to a sacred purpose, sanctified, to set apart as holy, make or declare sacred for religious use. It's to vote entirely. In other words, you're dedicated. God anoints you to dedicate you to the service of God and the purpose of God that he has for you. So as we continue on and as we look, you know, that, that's the Old Testament meaning. Now let's give a, a thought here for the New Testament meaning. We find this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. As for you, the anointing you have received of him remains in you. It remains in you. So uh, for the sake of time, we won't go through the total meaning of it, but we'll look at this part of it. It is uh, through the idea of contact. In other words, you are to smear uh, with oil. In other words, it's like you taking uh, oil uh, out of a container and you pour it on someone and you rub it in, you smear it on them. I like to use the phrase, have you been smeared by the Spirit of God? That's really what he's talking about. And when he's talking about being smeared, it's also to consecrate to an office or a religious service. Thayer's defines uh, the anointing as consecrating Jesus to the messianic office and furnishing him with the necessary powers for its administration. And then he says, 
and, and includes not only the anointing for Jesus, but the anointing for the individual, and that is enduing Christians with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That is the enabling that the Spirit of God gives to accomplish His work through us uh, to others, and uh, consequently that dedicated service that He has set you aside to is ministering to others, but He gives you the abilities, the supernatural abilities, to be able to function under the anointing that gives you the gifts of the Spirit and gives you the abilities of God. And when he does that, it means to furnish what's needed. So he furnishes what's needed. The anointing is what furnishes what's needed for your life. So how important is it to have a fresh anointing? I like what Psalms 92 says, I will be anointed with fresh oil. And I constantly want to be anointed with fresh oil because the challenge before me and before you is constantly there and it constantly needs a touch of God to fulfill what God wants to do. From defining it, we talked a little bit about the spices of the anointing. There's four spices and there's a hint of olive oil. Olive oil is the only thing that is the actual uh, symbol of the Holy Spirit and the spices we're looking at is connected to our experiences in life and uh, the attitudes that we have when we are functioning with the Holy Spirit. You know, if you're a person that's filled with pride, uh, it's hard to function with the Holy Spirit because he's the one that wants to take preeminence. And when you're full of pride, it's you that wants to take preeminence. Amen. He wants us to be humble and we find that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And not only the in those kinds of things uh, do we find that, you know, pride, but there's other attitudes that we need to have uh, in our life that flows with the Spirit of God and that causes a combination to happen. You, your experiences, your attitudes with the Holy Spirit, amen, makes up that total package of the anointing, amen, that gives you what's needed to minister to the dedicated purpose that God has set you aside to. So we looked at the first spice was myrrh, and myrrh we said was the word uh, Hebrew word mara, and it's talking about uh, bitterness. And we got down to looking at bitterness at bitterness experiences, and we spent some time about that subject of bitterness. You know that it, it has a, a a bitter taste. It may smell uh, good, but it has a bitter taste to it, and so. Uh, sometimes we look at our bitter experiences and the hard things that we go through as something as a negative thing. But in God's economy, God uses bitter things. God uses difficult things that we go through in life. And he uses that and blends it together in a total packaged compound in the anointing, amen, that produces what God wants to produce. Then we looked at a little bit about answers for bitter experiences. Answers for bitter experiences. You know, I don't care who we as individuals are. We all go through bitter experiences. Things that, as we say, it leaves a, brown, a dark brown taste in our mouth. It's a bitter thing. But we don't want to waste those things. We need to realize in the mind of God, he uses those things. Amen. And he uses those things to further us, to push us along in the things of God and to bring us to a place of real fruitfulness uh, when we function under the anointing. So that looks a little bit about the review. Now let's go on. And he says here in verse 22 of Exodus chapter 30 again, 
22, God speaks to Moses, 23, he says, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, and then 250 shekels of fragrant cinnamon. So the second spice that we're going to look at here uh, is the fact that there is the fragrant cinnamon. And it is also a part of this compound for the anointing oil. So it's fragrant cane or cinnamon, really, is what it is. The word fragrant here is, is simply means exactly what it means here and states fragrance. It's by implicing, impl, implication of spicery. It has a wonderful fragrance to it. It means to smell sweet. It has a, a nice aroma to it, to smell sweet. When you smell cinnamon, you can certainly say, you know, that has a nice sweet aroma to it. It's not, <laughs> and when you taste it, it doesn't, it isn't like the, the, the myrrh, which has a bitter taste to it, no, this has a sweet taste to it. Has a sweet taste to it. And then let's look at some some facts here about this fragrant cinnamon that we're talking about and the how we that is obtained and how it is processed and how it then it is used. So first of all, it is fragrant, it's spicery, it's perfume, it is a sweet odor. We've already looked at that. We've also seen that it's 250 shekels. It's about seven and, and uh, pounds, seven, eight pounds worth of spice that we're ta- dealing with here. And it's half as much as the bitter experiences. And I find this interesting. You know, it's God that knows the compounds and the, the ingredients and how much of the compound of the ingredients that is needed in our life to bring the balance amen, to produce from us what God wants. And I think we need to keep this in mind. You know, everything is not drudgery or something that's hard with God. There are other things that are extremely good and uh, they don't have those bitter uh, experiences with them. And God blends this all together. It's the it's the work of the perfumer. The, the apothecary blends all those together. It's the Spirit of God that takes you and chooses your experiences for you and takes you through them and uses them and blends them together to produce what is needed. You know, it was a tree that really it grew in a, in a moist, well-drained soil, just a natural thing, and it, and it could grow up to 40 to 50 feet high. Uh, didn't always um, uh, let them grow like that, as we'll see as we go along here. It had white flowers with wide spreading branches, this thick Simple leaves have smooth margins and are usually oval. The veins roughly run parallel to each other. And the young leaves are red and then they mature to a a deep green. The small flowers are greenish to yellow and are born in clusters. And the fruit is a dark droop or an overripe olive. Gives you a little bit about what the tree looks like. And cinnamon was, uh, was more valuable than gold in the old days. It was more valuable than gold. So when you think about these spices and you read in the Bible about the spices that they used and many times when Israel would conquer uh, another people, you'll find in the treasuries that they took from other people was the whole uh, concept of taking spices from them. It's because there was a tremendous value put on these spices, tremendous value that was put on these spices. In Egypt, it was sought for embalming and religious practices. In medieval Europe, it was used for religious rites and as a flavoring, of which we use spice, uh, the spice cinnamon today. We flavor, maybe you have rice, or you have cookies, or you use it on several different ways of cooking, but you use cinnamon for a spice. 
Cinnamon has also been known for remote antiquity. It was imported to Egypt as early as 2000 BC. Cinnamon was so highly prized among ancient nations that it was regarded as a gift for monarchs and even for a deity. So you see, when the, the people of those days thought about cinnamon, they thought this as a valuable gift, a gift that you could give a monarch, a gift that you could give a god that you serve. So there was a high value placed upon these spices. I would like to say to us, we need to value our experiences and the things that God takes us through because those things have great value, tremendous value, amen, in developing us as individuals. Um, you know, it was really, is in my studies, I found uh, the source of the anointing, not the anointing, but the spice that was in the anointing, the cinnamon, it was kept mysterious in the Mediterranean world for a century by those in the spice trade. They didn't really want people to realize where and how this all came about because of the value of it. It was imported from India in early times by the people of Oprah. And, and they brought other spices from the southern part of Arabia by the trading caravans that visited Egypt and Syria. The mention of these spices in Exodus may be taken as the earliest notice that we've connected with commerce with the remote east. Obviously, when we look and, and we find that Moses tells the people of God to go and borrow from their neighbors, the Egyptians, they got these spices from them. So we see these spices have, have been here and they have been in place for centuries. The flavor of cinnamon is due to an aromatic essential oil. Isn't that interesting? An essential oil that you'll find that is connected with cinnamon. Most of the time when you see cinnamon, you think of it as a, it is a, like a ground, uh, um, fine, very fine spice. And, but here it has essential oil that makes up about uh, 0.5 to 1% of its composition. This essential oil can be prepared by roughly pounding the bark and macerating, in other words, putting it in uh, water or putting it somewhere to make it soft or tender to weaken it, to break it down. So when you think about this oil that is the bark of this tree being pounded and being put in maybe salt water or putting in other water and then taking it and distilling it as the whole, then you'll find it, it has a process to it. Well, in order to get fragrance out of us, we go through a process. We see it in the natural and even in the spiritual. There's a process that we go through. It's a process that we go through. When, when we, so when we look at this uh, fragrant cinnamon, it speaks to us now of a couple things here. First of all, it can speak to us of the fragrance of Jesus. I like this, Psalms 45, 6-8. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, our God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Speaking of Jesus, all your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia from palaces adorned with ivory, the music of the strings that make you glad. So we find it really is part of the fragrance of Jesus. So when that, what it produces in us, it, amen, there it is again. There's that flavor, that smell. It's Jesus that comes out of our life. Fragrant cinnamon speaks of the sacrifices that we make one for another. 
you'll find in the Philippians gave gifts to Paul. And he considered them a sweet, fragrant sacrifice. Let's read Philippians 4, 15 through 18. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. Notice what he's saying to the church here. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. So Paul was saying, I was in need, and you're the only church that was ministering to me by giving to me. And then he says this, not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. To your account. And I have received full payment and even more, he says. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. Now here's what he says. They are a fragrant offering and an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. The King James says, but I have all and abounded. I'm full, having received of Epaphroditus the things that are sent from you, an odor, here it is, of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Now there's two thoughts here. He says, this is a sweet smell. He says it's a sacrifice that's accepted. And then he calls it something that they do here. And that what they do, it accomplishes a pleasing to God, and it is a sacrifice on their part, but it is something that is sweet and fulfilling to the one who's receiving the sacrifice. So when we think about fragrant cane, and we've seen that the bark goes through a process, and uh, it in that process, there's a beating, there's things that it has to sacrifice in order to give up what it has. And likewise, God takes us and he challenges us many times. He may lay somebody on your heart and he may say to you, give that person. And you giving what God challenges you with, it may be a sacrifice on your part, but your sacrifice that is given to the other it is a sweet smell to God, and it is a joy and a blessing to those that receive it. So we see then that this fragrant cinnamon that we're talking about goes through a process. And when it goes through the process, it produces a very sweet smell. And likewise, when we, we sacrifice and we do what God challenges us to do, and we give of our substance or give of our time or give of, of whatever God requires of us, it's a sacrifice on your part, but on the other, it is something that's well-pleasing to God, number one, and number two, amen, it meets the need of the other. So when we look at this subject of the fragrant uh, cinnamon, we see that it is, and it involves the fragrance of Jesus, and that it involves our sacrifices, and that our sacrifices are pleasing to God, and that they minister to those Amen, that it comes in contact with. Goodness is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. This concept of goodness, you know, it's virtue, it's benefits, it's something that's good. And when you are sacrificing and when you are, are pleasing to God, it's something that's good. And on your part is a sacrifice, but on the other the receiving party of the um, item, whatever it might be for that individual, see it as the goodness of God pouring into their heart and their life. 
And where does that goodness come? It's part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's part of that fragrance that comes forth from your life because of sacrifice. Romans fifteen fourteen, And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you are also full of goodness, he says, full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Ephesians 5, 9 says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. 2 Thessalonians 1, 11, Wherefore also we pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of his calling, and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness, and the work of faith with power. The work of faith with power. I like what Psalms 145, verse 7 says, They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. I'll read that again. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness, of thy great goodness. And thy great goodness comes through many times the sacrifice of the saints of God. On one side it's sacrifice. On the other side, God is well pleased. And for the recipient, they see it as the goodness of God. It is the fragrant cane that's really what it is, sacrifice, and it is the goodness of God. And the recipient, amen, receives the blessing. And so today, as we consider once again another element in this anointing oil, it involves our sacrifice. It involves us giving of ourselves. But of our giving of ourselves, it produces a blessing. It produces something that's pleasing to God. It produces an aroma that comes from our life that says, these people, amen, flow in love. These people, amen, give of themselves. These people, amen, are pleasing to be around. So my last word is, be pleasing unto God. Amen. And let the fragrant cinnamon flow from your life. Blessings.